0: Good morning to all of you. It is really special for me to get to be here. Um, As Pastor Catherine said, my name is Christine and I am in seminary right now and I get to be the vicar at Abiding Grace. Um, And so it's really special for me to get to come uh, and to meet another congregation, to have the opportunity to to, to preach uh, to you all, to share um, the good news that is in the gospel. Um, And so I give thanks for your gracious uh, welcome that you've given me today. Um, And if you remember, this is not my first time here. It's my first time preaching here, but it's not my first time here. Um, It's almost been a year and a half, Uh, but I came and I got to be a part of your neurodiversity Bible study. And I know a couple people were here for that. Maybe I see some heads nodding. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And at risk of building a reputation, my sermon today is focused on accessibility. And if you remember, the neurodiversity Bible study was all about how understanding the way our brains work can help us be more welcoming to people, right? When we understand that some people's brains have ADHD and some of us have autism and some of us have OCD and all of our brains work differently, but when we understand that we can be more welcoming, Um, we can be a better unified body of Christ when we know that, And so accessibility came out of that. Um, And I give thanks for Pastor Catherine for coming up with that Bible study idea and I got to take that with me. Um, And we did uh, our own version of that at Abiding Grace. Um, It is good to be able to do that with community. But it really made me think differently about accessibility at the church. Like what does it mean to have an accessible church? And just before worship, Pastor Catherine was pointing out how the aisles here are nice and wide. So if somebody was using a wheelchair, they would be able to, um, to access the aisles um, because there was somebody using a wheelchair when this space was built. Um, and so I just think that that is really, really lovely. Um, and it makes sense that the church would be a place or try to be a place that is accessible. And the reason for that is not because it is a thing that we should do, right? The Bible doesn't say, hey, you should be ADA compliant. Um, Might help if it did. Um, The Bible doesn't say all of that, but it has a whole lot to say about being welcoming. And it also has a lot to say about who we're supposed to be in the world. It says that we're supposed to go and make disciples of every nation, Well, we can't go and make disciples of all people from all nations, from all different backgrounds, with all different narrow types, if we are not accessible. If people can't get in the door, um, or if people can't hear the word we're saying, uh, then we are not able to to share the good news. And it's not just because this is our mission to go and share the gospel. It's not just because it's really nice to be accessible, even though it is. But also God is really good at being accessible. God constantly is making the presence of God accessible to people. And we just had Christmas, which I think is the most perfect, uh, clear example of God being accessible. So God wants people, before Christmas, right? God wants people to know, hey, I love you so much. And I know that life is really hard. But I want you to know that I love you. And I want you to know that I'm redeeming you. And I want to send a Savior to you. And so God takes on human form in Jesus and comes, and comes to be a human, which is really remarkable. Like it's really incredible that the God of the universe is willing to come and be a human for a while to deal with all the hard stuff that comes with being a human. But God does it because God wants us to know God's presence. God wants to be so accessible to us that God was willing to come and walk in our shoes And of course it doesn't just end at Christmas, but Jesus has a whole life and ministry that is focused on bringing the good news to people who really need to hear it. And he doesn't do it alone and he calls some good disciples. Um, And I love this, I love the calling of Nathaniel. I love when Jesus is talking to people and I'm like, that sounds like something I would say. (laughs) Because here Jesus walks up to Nathaniel and says, you, you are a person without any deceit which is like high praise coming from anybody, but especially Jesus. And he's like, how do you know me? Where, where did you hear that? And Jesus is like, I, I saw you over under the fig tree. And then it's that little detail, like, oh, I saw you sitting out in the narthex. And suddenly he's like, oh, you are, you're Jesus. You really are him. You really are the son of God. And like that clicks it for him. And I love that it's something so simple that helps Nathaniel have faith. Now, Jesus, I think, even thought it was a little bit silly that he had to point out that he saw him under the fig tree. It really took just that little detail for you to know that I am God. Jesus says, you are going to see some things that are way more incredible than me doing a party trick, like recognizing that you are under the fig tree. Like, get ready. There are going to be some really big things coming. And they do. Because we know that from seeing the whole story, we don't hear Nathaniel by name until the end of the Gospel of John. And at that point, Jesus has already died and resurrected and come back and shown himself to the disciples. So the next time we hear about Nathaniel, he is getting to see the risen Messiah. I mean, this is heaven opened up and the angels of God descending and ascending. Nathaniel actually gets to see it. All of that because he had the faith, because Jesus was willing to tell him, I saw you under the fig tree. Even though it's silly that you need to hear this, Jesus says, I'm gonna tell you that I saw you under the fig tree so that you can have faith because there are going to be generations of people who come later who don't have the chance to walk with me on earth. We do not have the chance to walk with Jesus. We don't get to hear the tangible words of Jesus saying, I saw you under the fig tree, and there's no deceit in you. We don't get to hear those words besides what we have in scriptures. But we have faith, and we can believe in these things generations later because of their faith, because Jesus became accessible to them, because Jesus gave them what they needed in order to have faith. And Jesus knew that we would need that. Jesus knew that we today would need the scriptures, would need the stories, would need the testimonies in the same way that Nathaniel needed to hear that he was seen with Philip under the fig tree. God knew that we would need help. And God is willing to give us what we need, whether that is people like Philip who are saying, hey, come, truly, this is Jesus. You're going to see him and meet him. Whether that is hearing those words of where I saw you, God knows that we're going to need help. God knows that we're going to need the scriptures to go back to. And that's why God also gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the thing that helps us to believe the unbelievable. It is unbelievable to think that the God of the universe would come and be human, and yet God did. And we believe it because of faith through the Holy Spirit. Now, in Corinthians, it talks about our bodies being a temple for the Holy Spirit— now, I've got, I've got a lot of baggage with those words. I've heard those words a lot. I've heard, growing up um, as, a, as a woman, growing up, I have heard those words used to tell me that I needed to be prettier, I needed to be thinner, I needed to be fitter, I needed to be better. Because the world said, if your body is going to be good, it needs to look a certain way. And then even the Bible says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so certainly... It should look the way we think is good. You can see where things have gotten crossed. These standards have gotten mixed. But this whole idea of our body being a temple of the Holy Spirit doesn't have that much to do with our flesh. It doesn't have much to do with our skin and our bones and our eyes and our ears. Now, I do think that when we hear those words, our body is a, Holy, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, I think that's a good reminder to respect our bodies. To give thanks for our bodies that carry us. To give thanks for our bodies that keep us somewhat warm. To give thanks for our bodies even when they don't work the way that we want them to. I think we can respect and care for our bodies. But these words, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? This is a temple. And what is a temple but a place of worship? Now that's where we kind of got caught up with those other things about being and looking a certain way. Is that, oh, a place of worship, we worship the body? No. That's where it gets crossed. When you start to make your body the thing that you worship and forget your body is a place of worship. Because of, the temple was not a place of worship because it's where people happened to go. The temple was a place of worship because that's where God showed up. That's where people went because they knew they would find the presence of God there. And God says, the pres- my presence is in your bodies. Now, how much more accessible, how much more near could God possibly get? God came and walked as another human, became our friend, became our teacher, became our rabbi, and then says, but that's not close enough. I want to be so near you, I'm going to be within your body, so that wherever you go, you are a temple. Not because your body is good, not because your body is working, not because you like your body, but because God is there. And where God is, it is good. And we give thanks for God who's accessible and near to us always in all places. Amen.